Welcome to the Ferris Love Shrine Podcast, where we share spiritual and practical ideas for how to live family life with a beautiful, self-sacrificing love. In this episode, we're talking with Monica Hinder, licensed professional counselor who specializes in adolescence. Welcome, Monica. Hi, thanks for having me again. You're welcome. We're excited to have you back. Um, for those of you who didn't hear Monica's earlier episodes, you can go back and listen to episodes 10 and 11, in which we talk about anxiety and your child. Um, but today, we're going to talk with her about back to school. Uh, so many of us are in the middle of that and experiencing our children going back to school and heading back soon. Um, so she's going to share some insights into the back to school world. Back to school time can be a very stressful time for most people, actually, for the kids, the faculty, and the parents, right? Everybody kind of involved in this is going through it. And so I would say today, what we're really going to be talking about are three things that I really want to hit on is patience, scheduling, and balance is really, I think, the three things we're going to talk about and three words that I really want you to think about and take away from this episode. Love it. Love it. Let's let's dive into the patience one first. Um, tell us about that. So the beginning of the school year is all new things. And what we tend to see is that there is a spike in anxiety when we are encountering the unknown or new experiences or change. And so for kids, although it might be the same school, it's a new year, it's a new grade level, and it's changed. And so we might see a spike in their anxiety as they're trying to sort of navigate all of the different classes, all of the information they're taking in. And so my recommendation in that is to be patient. Sometimes when an issue arises, there's this desire in us to find the fix immediately, right? We want to talk to the administration immediately and get that class changed. We want to figure out how to make this a smoother transition or we want, and sometimes the best course of action is to take a deep breath and to let time play out a little bit and to see if we can sort of assimilate to the new environment or um, if some of the issues will resolve on their own. Mm -hmm. I think that's interesting in that kind of, Um, goes back to some of the things we talked about in the earlier episodes in the sense of like sometimes parents are really quick to jump in and try and like solve all the issues for their kid, Mm -hmm. right? And like just do it all. But that's not really helping them at the time, like deal with the anxiety and the same in this. And like sometimes you just need to give them a little bit of time to kind of work this through, have a little patience and then see. And then if you need to get involved or whatever, like obviously do, but to give it a little bit of time and give the child a little, a little space to work that out as well. Right. And I think one of the things is that if the issue persists, we can always make that change with more information. And so sometimes we want to take that time, take that information in in, and make a more rational and calculated decision than an emotional one. And anxiety, its main motivator for us is protection, right? To keep us safe. And one of the ways it does that is it says run away avoid. Anxiety wants you to run away. And one of the ways that we conquer anxiety when it's misplaced is to move toward, right? And so the class may be causing a lot of anxiety, but if there's nothing inherently wrong, right? There's nothing inherently wrong or unsafe. It's important to teach our kids that it's okay to stay. It's okay Mm -hmm. to stay when it feels uncomfortable. Eventually we will become more comfortable in this environment. We will develop the tools to kind of make it through this challenging class, this 
weird, maybe clicky situation with the friend group, something, right? And so we would rather address the tools and give it time. Time is an ally in this. Um, And that requires a lot of patience. It requires patience from parents to tolerate that discomfort with their children, to tolerate all of the changes, because it's probably adding some stress to that family life and to that home environment, right? As your kids are going through all of this and it feels easier to just step in and fix it right away or to want to address it. And I think that in the beginning of the school year, we need a lot of patience when we're thinking about our little kiddos. School is very stressful and they have to be kind of on and they're learning new rules and they're learning a lot of social etiquette. And so they come home and what we find a lot kind of in that K through two period is there's a lot of meltdowns at home and you're like, this Mm. isn't my kid. They're behaving poorly. They're doing this. They're doing that. It's because home is a safe environment and they can let their walls down. And Mm. to be patient with that, that over time, school will not be as stressful. Home will be, you know, um, a more manageable environment for them. And that with time and with patience, kind of riding it out, riding the change out, things will resolve. Mm -hmm. I would imagine too, like this school year is probably a unique one in the sense of most schools are kind of back to pre pandemic protocols. Some are still masking, but for the most part, like people are back in school full time now, pretty much across the country. Um, So that also brings with it a whole new set of, of rules of structures of all of that. And so again, having that patience as the child learns how to navigate this world that they really haven't fully navigated in Mm -hmm. several years now. Right. Yeah. That's very good insight. And I would say that, um, that helps us sort of segue into this next point, right. Which is schedule and structure because the world is more open now and schools are sort of back into the regular swing of things. There are a lot of opportunities for extracurriculars, for sports, for clubs, for all of this engagement with your children. And that's super important, right? It is incredibly important for your children to be involved in extracurriculars, particularly if they're anxious. Oftentimes we think that we're overwhelmed and we need to do less. We actually probably need to be a little more structured and diligent with our time and how we're spending it. Less time on social media, less idle time in our minds and more productive forms Mm -hmm. of, you know, uh, time in our day. And so what I will say to that is it is important, especially in the beginning of the school year, to help your kid learn structure and scheduling Mm -hmm. and organization, right? It's important to help them navigate because that's going to be part of the overwhelming thing where, oh my gosh, I feel as though I have so much going on. How do I make sense of this? And that Mm -hmm. comes in teaching them how to sort of plan ahead with assignments, right? How to use that assignment notebook to their advantage, Um, how to study and study well, how to Mm -hmm. have balance in your life, which we'll, we'll sort of get to next. But This idea of, as the parent, being very cognizant of not overcommitting your child or having your child be one-dimensional. And so what I mean by that is oftentimes we pick a priority and we say, my kid's going to do all of these sports or they're going to be on club and travel teams. Totally fine, right? Or they're going to do all of these clubs or they're going to be in all these art extracurriculars or they're going to be doing theater or they're going to be so focused on school because they need straight A's, because they're getting into Harvard. Sure. What the priority is, is not necessarily the issue. It's that 
the child needs to learn that there are other things that need to be scheduled in. And so a Mm -hmm. schedule and a routine is going to help them not be so one dimensional in that there is time for family and we need that to be scheduled and honored. And there is time for self-care and relaxation and there is time for um, studying and there is time for your extracurriculars and that we can have all of these things. And so teaching your child a schedule now, mm-hmm. teaching them how to organize their time, teaching them how to be um, aware of all of the activities that they have going on is yes, helpful for the immediate in um, balancing their day and managing the anxiety, but it's also very long-term beneficial. It's mm-hmm. a skill we need as adults, not just sure. as kids. Yeah. I love this. And I love the idea of like helping them figure out their assignment notebook and maybe putting it in there or some kind of calendar or scheduling. Um, It's reminding me of episode 12. We had Jordan Langdon on and she was talking about how sometimes it's good to have like a a family meeting every week where you sit down in front of the calendar and you like look at everybody's calendar so that everybody's aware of like, oh, little Janie has a soccer game and Tom has this and Tom's going to want to go to Janie's soccer game as family or we always have family dinner together at this time. And like this, like you were saying, is like a a sacred space. Like this is ours. Um, And really kind of looking at that overall and helping the whole family and then Mm -hmm. specifically the kids navigate their scheduling Mm -hmm. is really important. Mm -hmm. And I will say that um, because, so specifically because this podcast is, oriented to the family, right? And because I actually think that this is going to be one of the most fundamental things in maintaining a healthy relationship with your children, scheduling and honoring family time is Mm -hmm. really important. And at the beginning of the school year, and as our kids get involved in all of these things where they get overwhelmed with their assignments, it will be one of the first things to go. Family dinner will be one of the first things to go or your family outing or your family game night, whatever it is that you've chosen to do with your family. It is one of the first things to go because there's so much going on. And I would say that if there is so much going on in your children's lives that we're unable to prioritize the family, we need to sort of have a conversation as a family, Mm -hmm. right? About what is actually the priority here and how can we kind of shift maybe some of the activities or be creative with our family time so that that is still honored. Because what I will say is that that family time is an opportunity for the child to reroute themselves, right? Mm -hmm. In the morals and in the foundation in which you so choose to raise your family. And that that's important for them to feel very tethered and grounded to the family in that, right? That they're not losing themselves in what they do. Right. I love this idea of rerouting like that. That's that moment to be able to reroute so then they can go back out right Mm -hmm. with their friends, with their extracurriculars at their theater camp in their, you know, soccer game, whatever, but that they really have that time to reroute themselves and and ground them in, in the family, right. In the community that you've created through that and the values, the morals that come through that as well. Yeah. Right. And it's an opportunity for, kids to be able to open and share. It's an opportunity for parents to know their kids better, right? To take an interest and develop and cultivate that relationship. Relationships take effort and work, including a parent-child relationship. Mm -hmm. The continued desire to know somebody and to learn more about them is important, even in a parent-child dynamic. 
and you want your child to feel very tethered to the family, to the parents, so that if things arise in our current society and our culture, there is a place for them to turn to that feels comfortable having these conversations, that there's a time and a space for me to be very rooted in this family culture and um, that stability. Right. Yep, absolutely. Um, I would imagine too, right, like a lot of kind of what families are navigating right now is not just the specific child schedule, but then like the overall family schedule, right? Like the parent who has to run this kid to soccer practice and then this kid to baseball and then this kid to this club or pick that kid up from, you know, like all of that. And I think also too, probably them thinking a little bit, and this kind of segues into our next word of balance. Like how do we as parents balance all the things that all of our kids are doing, help them have balance, have help that one specific child have balance, but also help the family have balance. Right. And that's like a two pronged thing that you got to look at. Yeah. So I think that when we traditionally think of balance, at least for me, what comes to mind is a scale in that on both ends are equal weight. And I think that we have to sort of be able to shift that mindset a little bit into a more nuanced approach when we think about balance in our daily life. What I will say and what I say to my clients is that balance is giving the proper time to what it to what it's owed or to what it's due, right? So that means that yes, your child, it doesn't mean everything gets equal time and equal attention because your child is in school for eight hours and they should be, right? And then they cannot give eight hours to everything else in their life. It means that each activity has its proper time and its proper place, hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so to think that I'm not over-prioritizing certain things and that I can have kind of all of the things that hit my values within my day, right? And what does that mean? It means that we have to know what our values are, right? And then we have to think through, okay, what are the values individually? What are the values as a family? And then how do we be creative about that? And so, okay, if it is really important, I think it's very important for kids to have extracurriculars. I think they absolutely need extracurricular activities. I think they need things to engage with. I think they need positive peer interactions. Mm -hmm. So that's absolutely a priority then how do we schedule family time? What do we do? Well, maybe we have to be creative and we say, well, as a family, we're going to watch Susie's soccer game and we're going to have a picnic and that's going to be family dinner. And we're going to support a sibling as we still have family dinner. Right. And so we're still doing both. We're honoring our family culture and that family time. And we're still, we're still prioritizing sports, right. Or the extracurricular that your child is in, or we're running around from, this place to that place with this kid, with that kid. Well, maybe that's perfect time in the car to have really good conversations and to talk about the school day and to not listen to music or to not do something, you know, more structured or be on the phone. Right. And that, okay, I've got 20 minutes with this kid and I'm going to prioritize getting to know them in that relationship. And so what I would say is when we think about balance, we can't really be balanced unless we know what our values are. Right if we don't know what our values are and what we're going to be prioritizing in life, we're going to say yes to everything or we're going to be pulled in a million directions. And then we're going to feel super overwhelmed because we don't know how to sort of check back in and we don't know how to balance ourselves, or we don't know how to find that structure in our day because 
or sort of listless in that. So I would say that it's going to be, it's going to have to be a conversation about what's important to each kid and in, you know, each child is going to be different and what their needs are will be a little different. And then what is um, important in that family time and maybe based on all of the needs and all the activities that we have said are important to your children, family time might just be two hours on a Sunday. That doesn't mean that there is an imbalance necessarily, right? But it means that we're thinking about giving these values in our life the proper time, right? We're giving them what they're due. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think um, to that point too, parents helping children navigate, especially older kids, right? Who are like starting to make some of their decisions themselves on which clubs they're going to join or which activities they're going to do and helping them think through this balance. I think especially in high school kids, there's this big push now to like do everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like get really good grades and be a really excellent soccer player, but also be on the dance team. And actually, if you could sing in the choir too, that would be really great. And if you could play a musical instrument, awesome. You should do that as well. Oh, but you should also have a lot of friends. So why don't you, you know, join this club and you should run this student newspaper. Right. Mm -hmm. And like that that works very rarely for most children, but I think there's that push to do it. Oh yeah. And I, I mean, I hear a lot, well, but it's good for my resume. Right. Okay. But is it good for your life? Right. Right. And I don't think that happiness is not the measure. I think Mm -hmm. that because happiness is a feeling and so it's fickle and fleeting, right? Mm -hmm. All of our, all of our feelings are going to be up and down and high and low. And the presence of happiness is great, but the absence of it does not mean something's inherently wrong. Mm -hmm. And so that's not necessarily the measure in which we should be, well, they're unhappy or well, they're happy and fine. I think the measure should be, are we living to our values, Mm -hmm. right? Is there an overall joy in our life? And you can have joy um, in pretty hard times. Mm -hmm. So joy is more of the measure that I'm going to be, you know, assessing all of this with. And I think that by sending that messaging to our children that they need to do everything is setting them up for failure in life Mm -hmm. because we cannot do everything, nor should we, right? We should know our strengths and know our weaknesses And we should do that to the best of our ability, right? And this idea that the only good thing that we could be doing is something that is quote unquote productive with our time, Mm -hmm. I think is also a big disservice because it teaches and trains our kids that there needs to be an immediacy. There needs to be a direct result in what I do. And you're not going to feel a direct result when you pray sometimes or when you take that time for self-care or when you invest in a relationship or when you have an honest conversation with someone. And so these sort of more intangible things that are very important in our life still should also be taking priority. And so what I would say is that part of this is helping maybe you as a parent, but also your child take perspective, right? Okay, you could do that club, but is it what's best? Is it the next best thing for you to be doing? And sort of helping them okay, let's sit down and look at your schedule. Where is that time coming from? If you are cutting in to all of these other things and you're not giving yourself 100%, right? You're like, well, I can only give 50% to this and 50% to that, but I'll join that club, but I can only go once every three months. What's the point of joining that club, right? Why are we doing that? Mm-hmm. And kind of exploring expectations and desires and then helping that child work through, it's better to be committed to one thing and to give it my all 
than to be giving all of these things 50%, right? Because that is going to lead us to feeling imbalanced. That is going to lead us um, to feel, I mean, an assortment of things, right? But particularly what comes to mind is sort this imbalance, but not feeling fulfilled or accomplished or as if I'm doing my best because you're not, you're giving 50% because that's all you have to give. Mm -hmm. I think this is so, it's so interesting and so good for parents to think this through and then help their child think it through as well. And even like back to what we were talking about earlier, like the assignment notebook, right. Or some kind of like scheduling app or whatever you have. Um, Cause I think especially kids, but even parents sometimes, right. We're, we're unaware of the amount of time and commitments we've made. Right. And we think mm. we have time for it all. This is reminding me of, I had a conversation with my younger brother. Um, he had just started college. He was full-time doing 18 credits. He was going to get a full-time job. And he had a girlfriend at the time. And he was like, it's plenty of time. I got enough time for everything. And I said, no, there's no way you do. And he was like, I do, I do. I was like, dude, just do the math, do the math, mm-hmm. plan in a little bit of time for eating the time you need for sleeping the time for travel. And he did the math and he realized he needed 35 hours a day to do everything that he had. Like if he was going to give his all to his studies, right. Actually pay attention to his girlfriend, right. Like this kind of a thing. And he was like, dang, something's got to change. I'm like, yeah, probably mm-hmm. that full-time job. Right. Cause if you're going to be a full-time student, you probably can't also have a full-time job. Right. But like helping them think it through, get a little like clinical almost with it, where you're like diving Mm -hmm. in really specifically and helping them find that balance through that scheduling uh, can be really helpful. Right. And I would say that it's important to have your kid establish values and priorities. And right now as a student, their number one priority, their job, their full-time job is being a student. Mm -hmm. Full-time job requires around 40 hours a week, right? Mm -hmm. And depending on how strong of a student your child is, they may need more study time. Right. Right. They may need a lot of time to dedicate to their studies and that's okay. And mm-hmm. so I think that, you know, there's this mentality of, you know, do more, do more, do more, mm-hmm. take on, do all of these things, this like excess in activity and things and commitment. And in fact, we thrive by probably doing less right? Mm -hmm. By doing less things very well, instead of by doing more things in a mediocre way. Um, And I think that it's a great opportunity when, if we're thinking about our high school students to teach them this so that when they go to college and when they become adults, right, with jobs, they're, they know the balance, they know the boundaries, they know not to overcommit themselves. And they've, and they haven't developed this unhealthy mindset that, my worth is determined by how much I do, or mm-hmm. I'm unproductive if I'm not doing everything all at once, or I'm, I think that that's a big part of what's going on now is I think the university setting is very competitive and kids are very scared not to get into certain schools. And so they're just taking on and taking on and taking on, but look, I mean, school ends. Okay. School ends. And at 22, 23 years old, you're entering the real world and nobody cares that you were on a soccer team and you did writing lessons and you did painting and you volunteered at this place and you did this and you did this. Nobody cares. Right. And you can't take that with you, but what you will be taking with you are the habits and the mindset that you created around those choices. Sure. Those habits, those mindsets, those will inform your future decisions. 
right? And so that's something really important to think about. Right. Yeah. And I think this this very frenetic pace that we have, especially I think mm-hmm. once we're in high school, but even now, even middle school, it's starting to be kind of crazy and you're doing all the things and whatnot. I mean, I think it's definitely a product of our times with social media. We're always busy. We're always active. Mm-hmm. We're always moving in a million directions. Um, and even like to your point of balance, like allowing time for self-care, which might just mean like, quote unquote, doing nothing, but not mm-hmm. really, right? Like taking time for silence, taking time for reflection, taking time to sit and read, right? Little things like that aren't always seen as productive or useful, mm-hmm. but actually are essential to the flourishing yeah. of the person, right? Um, and really like the long-term success and joy, as you say, instead of happiness, right? Like joy of an individual. Our minds are not designed to be stimulated 24-7 and that's what's happening. And it causes a lot of um, internal chaos and disorder at times. And so to encourage this like reset, right, to encourage that there's rest and look, life can be really busy and the rest can be your sleep and saying, look, you have to prioritize prioritize eight hours, nine hours, whatever the number is, Mm -hmm. right? And that that's the priority and that's the rest given the situation that we're in in life right now is that, okay, well, maybe I don't have an hour of self-care every day. That's fine, Mm -hmm. but we can't let the basics slip, right? And the basics are going to be our sleep, our food, and our hygiene. And when we start being like, oh my gosh, I haven't showered in three days, there's a problem. That's a problem, right? The basic self-care of you're not getting enough sleep, you're not showering for days because you don't have time. That's, I mean, as adults, we probably do this all the time, right? Because we also are in this very, um, you know, product oriented mindset and we go, go, go. And so we often are also living an imbalanced life Mm -hmm. and our kids are observing that, right? They're taking that on. And so I, what I love about the school year or the start of the school year is that it is a fresh start. It is an opportunity to reset and to be making really great decisions and to be um, prioritizing things. I also think it's really, really important to teach kids that when we say yes to something, we're also saying no to a lot of other things and that's okay. And when we say no to something, we're saying yes to a lot of other opportunities and that we need to keep that in mind, right? Well, I said yes to this thing and now I can't go do these other things. Yeah, exactly, right? Because that's what happens when we make commitments in life. And it's very important to teach our children responsibility and commitment and that we cannot do everything. And if we've said yes to this thing, then that requires us to say no to other things. And that's good. Right, right. Yeah, that that commitment is really essential um, and that, we, yeah, we shouldn't be always saying yes to everything. We, we literally can't. Um, but a lot of people do try and do that and try and make it all work. And again, that goes back to that balancing and that schedule that, you know, we really need to know ourselves well and know that a yes here means a no to other things and that that's okay. And that's, that's actually really good for all of them. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say, you know, again, the takeaways from today are that patience, scheduling and balance and they all sort of tie into each other um but that those would be sort of the three words that I would sort of keep 
in our mind and in our awareness as we're coming into this start of the new school year and um, we're starting to make, you know, we're starting to kind of get into the swing of things. We're starting to make choices for ourselves, for our family and for our kids. And that these three things are going to help make that a smoother process. I love that. And I love the idea that it's not just a new beginning for the kids who are starting off to school, but like it's a new beginning for the whole family, right? The whole Mm -hmm. family is suddenly entering into this new routine, this new way of life. Um, and it's, it's just a great fresh start for everyone. And so even if you haven't, you know, been living this patient scheduling balance in previous years, right. Or maybe your summer was all over the place. No problem. Like here's another chance to begin again and be like, all right, we're, we're going to do this this year as a family. We're doing this together. Here are our top priorities as a family. Here's where we we're going to put our value and here's, here's what it's going to look like. And we're going to, we're going to put this together together, right. We're going to plan this. Um, and yeah, move forward in a much better, probably healthier way, hopefully this year than maybe previous years for some of them. Absolutely. And I think that I always love when parents are a united front and they decide together what the priorities are, and then they have a family discussion about it and let the kids decide. Yes, let your four-year-old say what their priority is, right? And it's going to, who knows, it's going to be dessert. Great. We have family dessert once a week, whatever it is, right? But that it's important for our kids to feel ownership in the process and ownership in the family and ownership in their lives and ownership in their schedule doesn't mean that they're making all the decisions and calling all the shots, but it's important for them to start to exercise that freedom, right? And this is an opportunity for us to be slowly giving a little bit more to them, helping them exercise that freedom and that discipline of choice. Um, And so I think always viewing these things as like an opportunity, right? The start of the school year might be a dumpster fire and a disaster as we're trying to get everything together. And that's as, that is as important to show our kids that we can get through this, that it's okay for things to be uncomfortable in the beginning, that things will settle down. Mm -hmm. Things are not always immediately perfect or feel good and that's okay. So I just think that, you know, probably the biggest takeaway I would say from this episode that I would want people to take from it would be um, to trust that process in that way and to see everything as an opportunity. It's a growth moment. It's an opportunity. This is fine. As we try to live these three things, these three, um, that schedule and balance and patience, as we try to live that, it's okay. Yep. It's, it's growth. I love that. I love that. Um, thanks Monica for coming this week and kind of sharing these three ideas with us, uh, as we start to navigate the new school year and figure out what that means for us and for our family. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ferris Love Shrine podcast. If you enjoyed it, we'd love for you to share it with others so they can also learn all about patience, schedule, and balance. Also, you can visit us at our website, ferrisloveshrine.org to learn more about the project.